This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. I'm going to start this morning in Romans chapter 1. We started a series last uh, Sunday morning that we've entitled Healing Belongs to Us. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now I want to read to you from uh, Dr. Schofield's reference Bible, the notes that he's got on this verse in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Dr. Schofield, if you don't know, If you don't come from a background, a a denominational background, you may not know that Dr. Schofield is considered to be the foremost Baptist theologian in modern times. My point is just simply to say that he was in, in my youth the most revered Baptist scholar out there. Here's what he said about Romans 1.16. He said, the Hebrew and Greek words for salvation... Not just this one, but the words that are used for salvation throughout the New Testament. The Hebrew and the Greek words for salvation imply the ideas of deliverance, safety, preservation, healing, and soundness. Salvation is the great inclusive word of the gospel, gathering into itself all the redemptive acts and processes as justification, redemption, grace, propitiation, imputation, Forgiveness, sanctification, and glorification. Now, the foremost Baptist scholar in modern times said that the word salvation includes healing, along with rescue, deliverance, safety, preservation, and soundness. Now, there are two main words in the New Testament that are used for the word salvation. And I want you to see several of them with me this morning. I want you to look with me now to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 and verse 10 says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. This word salvation is the same word in Romans 1.16. It's the Greek word soteria. There are two primary words that are used for uh, translated salvation from the Greek into the English throughout the New Testament. And this is one of them. The first one is soteria. The second one is sozo. It's S-O-Z-O. But I think you say it. I'm told you say it with a a D sound. Sozo. The only difference in these two words, the definitions and the meanings of these two words. Well, let me just say it this way. The difference in these two words, the meaning of these two words is so slight it's hard to distinguish between them. From what I understand about the Greek language... The reason you use one word instead of another has to do with the action involved. Although that doesn't hold true in every case where one of these words are used in the New Testament. But let me show you the other word, sozo. Back up with me to Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. For with the heart, I'm sorry, I read verse 10 again. Verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. This word saved is the word sozo. So you can see he's talking about the same thing, even though he uses both words. Verse 10 again, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Sozo is a little bit more of an action word than soteria is. 
but they both have the same meaning. And Dr. Schofield says that the meaning includes rescue, deliver, safety, soundness, preservation, and healing. Now, let me show you a couple of times where this word sozo is used in other places in action. Look with me to Mark chapter 5, beginning in verse 22. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed, sozo, that she may be sozoed. I know that's not good English, but you get the point. That she may be sozoed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. This word whole is the word sozo. If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be sozoed. And we know what she's after. She's after healing for her body. We know what Jairus is after for his daughter. He's after healing. Straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue or power had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith has sozoed thee. Thy faith has made thee whole. It's the word sozo. Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Let me remind you also of James chapter 5 and verse 15. Instructions given to the church to pray for the sick or to minister to the sick, really. Verse 15 of James chapter 5 says, And the prayer of faith shall save. This is the word sozo, the sick. It's talking about healing. Healing is being saved from sickness. And the prayer of faith shall sozo the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he's committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. My point is very simply this. There is no distinction whatsoever in the scripture. I know there is in church teaching and denominations and beliefs and so forth. But there is no distinction in the church, in the word of God, the scriptural definition or use of the term salvation between the remission of sins and healing for the physical body. None whatsoever, ever. In fact... You may remember the story of when Jesus is ministering in a certain place. Mark says it's his house. But where the man that's crippled is brought up onto the roof by his four friends, the roof is taken apart and let down in the midst of where the crowd is. Too big a crowd for him to get in through the door, so they came down through the roof. The Bible says when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto, the, said unto them, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. Now I would submit to you that he's not there for forgiveness of sins. I would submit to you that he's there because they've heard that Jesus is the healer. But Jesus is making a point. He said, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the religious people that are filling up the house get all bothered about that. They start questioning among themselves, who can forgive sins except God alone? Well, that should have been a clue. And Jesus responded and says, why reason you these things in your heart? Which is easier to say? 
man, thy sins are forgiven thee, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. Now notice what Jesus is asking. He's asking, which is greater power or what's the difference in the power to forgive sins and to heal the physical body? He goes on to say, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on the earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, arise, take up your bed and walk, and he rose immediately. No distinction ever between this term that the church uses and calls salvation, which the modern-day church has watered down to mean forgiveness of sins. But that's not even what salvation is, folks. Salvation is not the forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins means to overlook something. Salvation is the remission of sins, the removal thereof. Jesus is saying it's the same power that heals the body as that remits sins. Join Mike Webb and Foothill Family Church every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our weekly healing school. Healing school is for those who are in need of being healed from sickness in their body, as well as those who want to strengthen their faith in the area of healing. Now, whatever somebody, you or me or somebody else might think of why Jesus healed the sick, Matthew eight seventeen tells us why he healed everybody that was sick. Jesus healed all that were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bear our sicknesses. Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. Now I want you to look with me to some other scriptures. Look to the Old Testament. Isaiah 53. I'm reading from the King James Speaking of Jesus, and every theologian, every Bible scholar agrees that the 53rd chapter of Isaiah is the Messianic chapter. It's the chapter that defines the work of the Messiah. Nobody will argue that. Nobody that believes in Jesus anyway. Beginning in verse 3, it says, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Now these two words, griefs and sorrows, are translated other places in the Bible as sickness and pains. Now why did the translators translate the Old Testament Hebrew? And remember Dr. Schofield talked about both the Hebrew and the Greek words concerning salvation. That both carry the meaning of an all-inclusive term that includes healing for the body, preservation, safety, soundness, and so forth. That would be true concerning this or the description of salvation in the Old Testament. When the translators came to this verse, going from the Hebrew to the English, I think they punted the ball. In the time that it was written, the time that the King James Version came out, in the 1400s. Healing was not widely accepted. As a part of the work of Jesus. And perhaps. 
I don't know for sure. But perhaps based on their understanding or lack of understanding of what Jesus has provided for mankind, they put in what is, in my opinion, an innocuous term for griefs and sorrows that at the very least we would have to say that it's vague and much less descriptive than the Bible goes on to to speak to. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows. This is the word pains. And acquainted with grief, this is the word sickness. Now the word acquainted is the word know. It's the word that's used in the Old Testament where it said that Adam knew his wife and she conceived. It's talking about an intimate relationship an intimate connection, knowledge through connection. It doesn't mean acquainted like we use the term that we might be acquainted with someone, meaning we're not close friends with them. That's not what this word means. It means intimate knowledge. He's a man of pains and acquainted with sickness, connected to it, in other words. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised him and we esteemed him not. Surely, notice this word surely, S-U-R-E-L-Y. The only time it's used in this chapter, talking about Jesus. Surely, he has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is, is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he has done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. This is the word sickness. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide with him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he has poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Now Matthew chapter 8 and verse 17 gives us a Holy Ghost commentary of what Isaiah was saying. Matthew 8. So he said in verse 17, in response to Jesus healing the sick, he healed all that were sick, verse 16 says, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Now if you look at what the Old Testament refers to, the only place that Isaiah said anything like this was in Isaiah 53, 4. Surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Here's Matthew, inspired by the Holy Ghost, telling us what Isaiah was saying. Jesus healed all that were sick. 
that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet himself, bear our infirmities and carried our sickness. Matthew says Isaiah was talking about sickness and pains in the 53rd chapter. What we know of is the 53rd chapter, no matter what the translators put. Now go back with me to Isaiah 53. I want you to see some other things about this. Isaiah 53, notice it says in verse 4, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our our sorrows. He has borne our sickness and carried our pains, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. I want you to notice the words carried, born and carried in verse 4. In the Hebrew, the word born is the word nasa, and the word carried is the word sabal. These are Levitical terms. They have meaning, specific meaning for the children of Israel because of their understanding of the Old Testament types and the rituals that God has given them as a part of their worship. Now, what it's referring to is the Old Testament Day of Atonement. Now, on the Day of Atonement, there were certain things that, were, that took place. There were two animals that were chosen selected because of their purity and without spot or blemish and so forth. The priest had to do a very thorough inspection to make sure that they were worthy. Now, when these two animals were presented to the high priest, lots were cast. They drew straws, in other words, for which one would serve which purpose. They both had a purpose and they both had to do a work. One of the animals was going to be killed. It was going to be the sacrifice that through the shedding of its blood, an atonement was made, not remission, but an atonement, which means a covering over, was made for the sins of Israel by the blood of this perfect animal. But the other one was called the scapegoat. The scapegoat had a different purpose. Let me read to you from Leviticus chapter 16 what the purpose for this thing was. Beginning in verse 21, it says, And Aaron shall lay both his hands upon the head of the live goat and confess over him all the iniquities, that means sins, of the children of Israel and all their transgressions and all their sins, putting them upon the head of the goat and shall send him away, the scapegoat, by the hand of a fit man into the wilderness. And the goat shall bear upon him all their iniquities unto a land not inhabited, And he shall let go of the goat in the wilderness. Now here in verse 22 where it says, And the goat shall bear upon him all their iniquities. This is that word nasa. It's a Levitical term. It means to carry away for the purpose of removing. So the Old Testament type that these words in Isaiah 53 fulfill or refer to is that of sins or evil being carried away by the scapegoat from the children of Israel as a substitute. The sins are placed upon the head of the goat. The confession of these sins is made over the goat and it serves as the sacrifice in Israel's place. Now that's what it says about Jesus bearing away sins or sickness and pains. Back to Isaiah 53. Let me show you some other things about this. Let me read it again. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrow with an intimate connection with sickness. 
and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne, carried away as a substitute our sickness and carried, same thing as a substitute, our pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Now skip down with me to verse 11 and 12 again. Let me read these two verses again. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied by his and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear, here's the word nasa, he shall bear their iniquities. Now everybody understands that that means as a substitute, don't we? In verse 11 where it says Jesus shall bear the iniquities of all of us, bear the iniquities of the world, we understand that that means he bore them so we don't have to bear them, don't we? It's a substitutionary word, it's a Levitical term. Verse 12, therefore will I divide, with, divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he has poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. This word bear used in verse 12 is the word sabal. It's a Levitical term. It means to carry away and remove once and for all as a substitute. Folks, I want you to understand something. God is very precise and he's very exact when he talked about what Jesus would do. Surely he has borne, carried away as a substitute, our sickness. And carried our pains as a substitute. Never in the Bible is there a distinction made between the forgiveness of sins and the healing for the physical body. When it comes to the work of Jesus concerning salvation. Never. Now let me read this to you from some other translations. I don't want you to take my word for the definition of certain terms. So let me read this to you from some other translations. In Isaiah 53, beginning in verse 4, from Isaac Lesser's translation. Now, just to let you know before I read this, Isaac Lesser's translation is the only translation that is recognized by the Orthodox Jews in the English language. The only one. So you would well understand that the Orthodox Jews would have checked this out to be correct according to the language. Did you get that? It's the only one that the Orthodox Jews, who know the Hebrew language better than anybody else, recognizes accurate. Verse 4, but only our diseases did he bear himself, and our pains he carried. While we indeed esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, yet he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and through his bruises was healing granted to us. Now, folks, everybody understands that verse 5 is talking about the work of Jesus on the cross as our substitute. But notice what the language declares. Yet he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and through his bruises was healing granted to us. That's what the Jews recognize as the translation of Isaiah 53, 5 from the Hebrew to the English. We all like sheep went astray, everyone to his own way did we turn, and the Lord let befall him the guilt of us all. He was oppressed and he was also taunted, yet he opened not his mouth. 
like the lamb which is led to the slaughter and like a ewe before her shearers is dumb and he opened not his mouth through oppression and through judicial punishment was he taken away but his generation who could tell that he was cut away out of the land of life that for the transgressions of my people the plague was laid on him and he let his grave be made with the wicked and with the godless rich at his death although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth but the Lord was pleased to crush him through disease King James says the Lord has put him to grief but the Lord was pleased to crush him through disease when now his soul has brought the trespass offering then shall he see his seed and live many days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand freed from the trouble of his soul shall he see the good and be satisfied through the knowledge through his knowledge shall my righteous servant bring the many to righteousness while he will bear their iniquities therefore will I divide him a portion with the many and with the strong shall he divide the spoil because he poured out his soul unto death and with transgressors was he numbered while he bore the sin of many and for the transgressors he let evil befall him let me read to you from another translation the complete Jewish Bible I won't read the whole thing I'll just pick out certain verses Verse 3, people despised and avoided him, a man of pains, well acquainted with, with illness. Like someone from whom people turned their faces, he was despised. We did not value him. In fact, it was our diseases he bore and our pains from which he suffered. Yet we regarded him as punished, stricken and afflicted by God. Verse 5, but he was wounded because of our crimes, crushed because of our sins, the disciplining that makes us whole fell on him, and by his bruises we are healed. Verse 10. Yet it pleased Adonai to crush him with illness, to see if he would present himself as a guilt offering. If he does, he will see his offspring, and he will prolong his days. And at his hand, Adonai's desire will be accomplished. The Jubilee Bible reads this way. Verse 4, surely he has borne our sicknesses and suffered our pain. And we considered him stricken, smitten of God, and cast down. But he was wounded for our rebellions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes, healing was provided for us all. Finally, the Young's Literal Translation. Robert Young was the author of the Young's Literal Analytical Concordance. One of the foremost... Greek and Hebrew scholars of his day. He is despised and left of men, a man of pains and acquainted with sickness. And as one hiding the face from us, he is despised and we esteemed him not. Surely our sicknesses he has borne and our pains, he has carried them. And we, we have esteemed him plagued, smitten of God and afflicted. And he is pierced for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace is upon him, and by his bruise there is healing to us. James 1.22 tells us to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. It's when we put the word of God in practice and act on what God said to do, that's when the blessings of God become real in our lives. Thanks for watching today. Come visit us at Foothill Family Church. 
This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Jesus paid the price and was our substitute for physical healing, or healing for the physical body, just as much as he was our substitute for sin. He bore away our sickness, just like he bore away our sins. Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.